Entrepreneur, author, and financial consultant Mark Bernstein helps high-performing entrepreneurial business owners create a vision for the future and follow through on their goals and intentions. Ange Honorato is a business growth strategist who blends psychology and business together to create conscious leaders and business owners who impact the world. Founders Forum is a radio show podcast sharing the real stories behind entrepreneurship as founders discover more about themselves while providing valuable lessons and some fun and entertainment for (coughs) you. Now, here's Mark and Ange. Good morning, America. How are you? Ange, my thought about this morning is morning because I realize that all of you listening, it may not be morning when you're listening to this podcast. But um, I'd like to think of it as morning anyway, because morning is a great time of day. I was really thinking about that. And in fact, I was kind of cataloging songs I've written. And one of the very first songs I wrote many, many years ago that I didn't write the lyrics, I wrote the music, but my songwriting partner at the time, it was called Morning. And it starts out, morning comes just as it goes. And every day flows, starts morning, and then it goes, and then it comes, and then it goes. But I think that morning is a very positive time because it's almost like a time of rebirth, a time of, um, you know, new opportunity, optimism, you know, every day is a new day kind of thing. What do you think about morning, Ange? <laughs> yeah, I, well, I, it, absolutely. It's a, it's a rebirth. It's an uh, opportunity to wipe the slate clean. And it's funny, I actually have a tattoo on my leg that says rebirth. But the funny part is I am typically not a morning person, as they say, right? There's morning and evening people. Um, but in the last couple of years, I've really been striving to to make myself, you know, get up nice and early. And um, in fact, uh, our guest today, and we'll talk a little bit uh, about why this is, but um, so my very good friend, Emily Adams, is on with us today. And she is one of the most prominent morning people that I know. In fact, she's been someone that I have asked her to call me at five in the morning to make sure I'm up and get my workouts in. So, um, Emily, thanks for being here today. We'll do, we'll introduce a little bit more about you. Hey, Emily, could you do that every Wednesday when we have our show? (laughs) Yeah, we we could use the accountability. So we'll get, we'll get her here on time. That would be great. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's true story. Um, but uh, we'll we'll introduce Emily and her story in a minute. But Emily, why don't you know you weigh in a little bit on on the morning stuff? I I know you're up and ready to go every morning. What what does morning mean to you? Morning is a fresh start. Not that you need morning for a fresh start, but it's new, it's fresh, and getting up at four thirty and starting my day and being able to just get up in the peace and the quiet. It's the best day, best way to start your day. Yeah, I, I'm 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 learning and reaping the benefits of it. So thank you for uh, thank you for kicking the corner of my bed, so to speak, and get me up and, and moving. So I'm I'm a morning person like you, Emily. I, I I prefer mornings. So what time do you go to bed? I'm curious if you if you wake up before usually eight thirty nine. But as most people who know me well don't contact me after eight, I'm not answering your phone calls. Another true that's story. That's great. That's perfect. And that's what I need to do because I would love to get up at that time, but I've got to start going to bed earlier. So I'm working on that. I like that. So, so Emily, tell us about what, what it is you're doing today as your career. As a career, so I co-founded uh, Transformative Leadership and we're a bit, uh, consulting business that goes in primarily to manufacturing companies uh, for cost savings operation, and then also uh, leadership development. And Emily, before we uh, we get into your the company and what you do, I, 
obviously, like like anyone, we have to kind of start sort of at the beginning, right? And um, to really, you know me, I'm I'm really big on the human behind the work. And you know that you have one of the most fascinating stories, as far as I'm concerned, that um, starts with jumping out of a two-story window in the middle of the night at age 17. So tell us a little bit about that. What what was the deal? What prompted it? And how have you used that tenacity to kind of jump in and, and you know, really run your life and your work, what you're doing today? Because I love this story. Yeah, thanks, Ange, for that. And I would say when I jumped out the window when I was at, at 17, I had no idea it would help me uh, compete in powerlifting. It would help me be a single mom. It would help me build a business uh, because it's literally jumping without no nets and just trusting that you're going to land um, where you're going to land, where you're meant to be at. And to give you a little bit of context, why I jumped out of the a two-story house in the middle of the night. I was born and raised in the Amish culture and made the decision at 17 to leave and never look back. And uh, for those who've watched the TV reality shows, uh, not necessarily all of that is true. (laughs) And the option I was given is if you leave, don't ever come back. And I jumped out in the uh, the two-story house in the middle of the night, uh, never looked back and that's kind of how I am. I one of my very first jobs was in automotive and was in manufacturing, and that's kind of how I started, um, just kind of my career in automotive. Uh, prior to that, you know, just to give you a little context, the Amish do not go past the eighth grade, which is equivalent to a sixth grade education. So I left, went through a huge culture shock, and to say the least. Um, start, Did you leave yeah, your family start, and everything behind as well? I guess right. Yes. Wow. Yes. That's pretty brave, yeah. 17-year-old. It's amazing. Yeah, so um, got my GED testing done, and I was a little shocked and disappointed. It was a sixth-grade education. So ended up getting my GED and then later graduated from Purdue. So it was it was a journey and a lot of learning along the way. But one of the things that I learned at a young age, and I still cling to is entrepreneurship. My dad was huge into entrepreneurship, had multiple businesses. And it's not typical for the Amish girl to hang out with her dad, but I didn't listen to my mom. So my mom got frustrated and said, okay, now you need to go hang out with your dad. So therefore I got to learn all the business stuff from him (laughs) at a very early age. Um, And then later trans, I use a lot of that still to this day in my business. So super grateful for that. Were you, did you have siblings? Yes, I have two sisters and three brothers. Where were you in the birth order? I was a middle child. Ah, and you were the rebel. <laughs> I was. She, right. She's the, I was the textbook. Middle child. The textbook. I, I have speak. to tell you, we don't usually do this, but we're watching you on Zoom because you're we're talking to you in Florida and we're in Philadelphia. But you just occurred to me as a very happy person. Is that a fair way? Thank you. Is that-, that is. That is a fair statement, and I have, I will also say for those that are out there looking for happiness, it's not something that you just find. You continue to work and cultivate it within yourself. Yeah, it's that that Mark and I were talking offline about the pursuit of self-leadership, and, you know, we're kind of going backwards here in terms of the, the introduction, but, you know, Emily and I met doing a lot of this personal work, right? So we, we've been on a journey the last year together um, in, in a number of different masterminds and, and personal, you know, development retreats and things of that nature. And, you know, Emily, you're, you're 
the shining example of somebody that had probably every reason in the world to feel victimized, to feel, you know, unsupported, to feel unhappy. And you have literally have turned all of that into um, never an excuse to a driving, motivating factor. Um, you know, so tell us a little bit about, you know, I know your, your journey into powerlifting and how you parlay that into the work that you do and when things were tough. And then you said, you know what, I I see that what I can do as a manufacturing leader, but I need to do more. And I, I really love the fact that your your organization that you've built now and founded is really a conscious company. So tell us a little bit about that and what what are your intentions and what are you hoping to bring into this industry? Yeah, so a little bit around the powerlifting. I actually got into powerlifting when I went through a, an abusive uh, marriage and divorce, and I was like, I needed an outlet. And that was the outlet for me to able to be able to just like release and let go of things and then realized I was strong. And then I started competing and then kind of got addicted to it and then competed at a national level and hit everything I wanted. So it taught me how to stand in my power as a female, because in automotive and the leadership roles I did have in automotive, it's like 3% female. And this was really challenging because I came from a culture that as a female, you didn't have a voice. And now I had no voice growing up. And now I had to learn how to have a voice in manufacturing where it was 3% female. So it really helps me uh, learn to step into my own power. And along with that, the working out piece has always been something that's been in my routine. If I'm frustrated and I go work out, it's just like, it's like my meditation. It's another version of meditation for me. And it's also helped me just in building the business. Whoever has built one knows the uh, ups and downs you're going to face. And to remind myself that building a business is just like, competing in powerlifting. There's, you know, the ups and the downs and there's, you you just fall in love with the journey. And that has really drove both me and my business partner to ask ourselves, like, what kind of impact do we want to leave on the world? And really our, the impact that we want to leave is we want to bring in the consciousness, whether it's through cost savings or through leadership development into organizations Because if you can be a conscious leader, you know how everything else kind of shifts. And once you learn how to truly lead yourself, your team will follow like, like really easy. And there's, there's no work after that, but you have to show up as a leader first. By the way, a minute or two ago, you said you realized you were strong. And I think you meant physically when you started powerlifting, but I think it sounds like you also realized you were strong emotionally and I imagine spiritually as well at the same time. Is that, is that a fair statement? Yeah, that, that is a fair statement. I would say when I started powerlifting physically, I knew I was strong. And then as I competed, I realized I could tap in mentally. And if I visualized my lifts before the competition, I would hit them every single time. And so when I competed at a national level, I actually had someone pick my numbers for me. I didn't even know what was on the bar and that's how I competed at nationals and hit the total I wanted. So then I realized, yeah, the mental strength. But I would say probably within the last um, year and a half has been the spiritual strength has really, really kicked in for me. And it's been something I've been focusing on a lot. And I always say mom, mind, body and soul all have to be they're all connected. And so each piece of those need to be at the same strength or you're not balanced. Absolutely. 
I just want to tell you this. We're not, we haven't we haven't finished the show yet, but you're like my favorite person we've had on so far because there's just Thank so you. much great energy coming across. It's just really a a, a great experience. Imagine what she's going to do with with the business and bringing that into organization. So, and I mean that as no disrespect to anyone else. We've had a lot of great guests, but this is because she's just, a morning person, and she's, she's because she's, she's a morning it. person. That's right. <laughs> we're in That's the morning. Right. Yeah. Well, good. Well, you know, I think we're we're about ready to take a, take a break in just a minute, but I think that's a great way when we come back. Why don't we dive a little bit further into this, the the business now, Emily, and what you know, what, where you're seeing it going? And I think I know Mark and I have a lot of questions for you, and loved your thought leadership in terms of where you think things are headed. So we'll be right back in a minute. Establishing a self-directed Roth IRA or other self-directed retirement plan offers access to investment options usually only available to well-connected or wealthy individuals. Anyone can build wealth and achieve tax-free income for life and financial freedom without the inordinate risk of speculative investing, securities trading, exotic financial instruments, or hoping for the best from the stock market. Since their start in 2003, Cama Plan has come to be synonymous with expertise, flexibility, responsiveness, and diversity in investment choices. They provide innovative investment opportunities for investors seeking direct control and more choices in how they deploy their investment capital. Cama Plan doesn't just make it possible to invest in alternative assets, they also teach investors how to put their money to work. Take the road to financial freedom today. Go to camaplan.com slash IO. And we are back at Founders Forum with a very interesting guest that we have today, Emily Adams, coming to to us from Florida. And um, let's talk a little bit about, well, first of all, let Ange take this, but I'd be interested to hear about where you think the state of manufacturing is, particularly in the United States right now. Yeah, absolutely. Just just before the break, we were we were talking about you know your, the business um, transformational leadership and uh, where you you guys are are headed right now and 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 how you're expanding that team and some of the partnerships and some of the interesting use of of new technology. So tell us a little bit about that, Emily, and then we can kind of talk about your thoughts about where things are headed. Yeah, so super super excited um, in the partnerships that we have made, and one of the partnerships uh, we've made, and I can now legally say this, is uh, Cutting Edge AI. So they're a AI technology and they can basically, if we are looking at it from a manufacturing aspect, they can hook into like all different kinds of cameras and detect certain things, almost like so precise, like it can be programmed to detect whatever you need to detect, even down to the person wearing their earplugs or not. So we're super excited to be um, really partnering with them because I feel like in a manufacturing side of things, especially production lines, because that's really kind of my expertise is production lines. It brings so much value to be able to have that technology and to be able to now tap into the AI side of things and just see how far it's come. And I think that's one of the things that companies are going to have to start looking at is how is AI supporting them? And how can they implement that in their process? Yeah, it's, it's going to be life-changing, as we know. Um, but I love what, at least what you're talking about now, it's, you know, I think there's that immediate fear that everything's going to become robotic and every job is going to be replaced. And, you know, really, particularly a lot of the, 
you know, the unskilled and the hourly manual type of work. But it'll be really interesting, I think, what you're describing is it sounds like they're trying to blend the technology with the humans and, and how, how that's going to work. So, um, you know, are you seeing, I'm, I'm assuming you're getting a lot of interest now in, in the market, you know, from this. Yeah, we are. And there's a lot of uh, difference. It's not just in manufacturing either. There's a lot of different companies now investing in this technology. And one of the things just talking to the CEO of this, um, of cutting edge AI, it's interesting because it's not taking away the human aspect, but it's helping in a sense of like, you're still going to have to have someone manage, you know, these because everything's kind of ran into a database, you have all these alerts. So you're going to tie those alerts to, uh, you know, a KPI or whatever team you want to tie it in. It's just going to help you with your performance. It's not ne- necessarily like removing all of your headcounts, but it's definitely going to help you with your performance and being able to solve your problems quicker instead of not knowing exactly where your root cause is, you'll be able to capture it. You know, as an aside, um, people have this fear of AI. Um, and it came out um, for me because I'm a big music guy and I'm a big fan of the Beatles. And you might have heard that they're coming out with their mm. final last record this year with the use of AI. And there was this, I mean, people were angry about it because they were saying, this is not the Beatles. You're going to recreate John Lennon's voice. You can't do that. And really all they were using AI for is something they've been doing for a while is removing all the external noises so they could get from this little cassette recording of his voice a pure voice to add on to it to make the quality of the sound better. But it's it's really interesting how afraid people were and upset. And, and they've actually had to come out with all these statements. You know, Paul McCartney had to, like, clarify it and, and all that. And I think I, I would suspect I, – I so I do want to get back to manufacturing because – I could I work with a lot of manufacturers. I was thinking with the manufacturers, Forward Focus Forum, and I could see that people being afraid of the use of AI and and like you said, replace it's not replacing people. It's not it's not going to be all robots, but um, you know, it, it, it's uh, I could see that fear of AI and how it's going to be used. Do you think um, you know? It seems to me that there's a resurgence in the ma- in manufacturing industries in America. Um, and is first of all, do you see it that way? And secondly, do you see that AI will help kind of accelerate that? Yeah, so I do feel like AI will help accelerate that, but I also feel like for companies that are looking to bring the AI in, it's going to take education and a culture shift. Right. So, and I think that's one of the biggest pushbacks. If you have not done your research or your your knowledge, you don't know what AI is before partnering with this company. I had zero knowledge of what AI's capability was. And I didn't really care to learn until I figured out, oh, this links perfectly in the manufacturing world. So with keeping manufacturing here in the US, it's also going to challenge us to look deeper in the processes to really clean up all the waste and get into more of a lean manufacturing mindset all the way across the board. I was just going to say this is like lean two point, you know, yes. nine or something like that. It's probably right. what lean, you know, when it was first created, you know, forty fifty years ago, could have possibly foreseen. Like this is, yeah, this is what lean manufacturing was kind of built for. But you know, it's also interesting because you know my, my passion in all of this is, as Emily knows very well, is is again on that human side. So I think 
what you're also bringing up is, you know, leaders and companies in the last just few years, they've had to deal with economic pressures. We had to deal with how do you handle your employees because of COVID, you know, leaving the office, coming back to the office. Now, before we've even got our feet back on the ground with any of those concepts, now we're having to deal with people or, or companies and helping the mindset and the cultural shift around the fear that AI is going to replace them, right? So there's so much that that I don't think companies can possibly keep up right now with with all of the change that's coming, you know, inside organizations. So it's really interesting to hear a positive view of, of AI because I think there is a lot of negativity around it too. Um, yeah. Emily, so as you look forward, um, well, let me back up for a second. Um, what what happened in your obviously your personal event jumping out of the window starting with that has had an influence on your ability to be successful that was that might have been a transformable transformational event i'm curious to know have you had failures that you've learned from could you give an example of one yes i have had plenty of those i always say they're not failures though as long as you learn from them Correct. so i've learned from a lot of them some of them i had to relearn um so some examples of failures, um, I have started multiple businesses because it's what I was good at. It wasn't what my heart and soul or lit me up, right? I was just really good at it. And an example of this is coaching small business owners. I can look at a business and tell you exactly where your gaps are and tell you how to fix it. I can help you with your money mindset. Like I'm really, really good at those things. Mm-hmm but my heart and soul was not in it. And so having to see that I built this business and then now it's not like resonating with me anymore and now I need to pivot. And it always I always go back now to making business decisions, not out of my head, but out of my heart. And I know that's not a norm. That's not something we hear a lot about, but that's the only way that I operate. And it's also the only way that we now operate our business because that's what we're both in alignment with. Well, probably be fair to say you need the head and the heart, but you already have the head component. So you needed to focus more on the heart. Would would that be a fair way to say it? Absolutely. You do need both. And you need to also understand when you're in your head and when you're in your heart as well. And I like what you said. It's, you know, failures are not failures. They're really lessons and or uh, or they're pivots, like you said, too. I mean, it's, you know, and, and you're not really it's not a failure. It's just time to pivot when something like that happens. Um, if you looked out, I love this question of three year vision, which is if this were three years from today and we were talking again, you look back over the last three years what would have to happen in your life business-wise, uh, personally, and any other category you want for you to feel that that was a successful three-year period in your life? What would that look like? What that would look like would be um, hiring probably another 50 people in our revenue um, quadrupling. So I think, and then also the impact that we've made. So the business is impacted. We would want to see, you know, 500 to 2,000 businesses impacted. How many employees do you have today when you say add another 50? It's just me and my business oh, okay. uh, partner at the gotcha. moment. <laughs> okay. That's a big vision. That's great. I love it. Um, if What challenges do you see ahead of you? And what opportunity, you know, wherever there's challenges, there are opportunities. What challenges do you are you facing 
What opportunities do you see there, and what strengths have you built that will help you overcome those challenges? Challenges, uh, credibility, and I know that I'm really great at what I do, but a lot of times I have a hard time um, being able to sell that vision to someone that I want to maybe work with. And being able to overcome that, I have done a lot of uh, inner work on um, really understanding my worth and my value. And I think moving forward, I will continue have to do that as I step into different spaces that I'm maybe not as comfortable with. So it's continuing to push out of my comfort zone and living in the discomforts because that's where that's where I find the most growth for myself. Um, that that is some powerful thinking there. And you you occur to me as a pretty young person. I'm not going to ask how old you are, but you. you but you seem maybe because of your experiences that you've traveled a long way in a relatively short period of time is what it occurs it's the to definition me. of compressing time frames, which is uh, something we're pretty accustomed to in our world, right, Emily? <laughs> yes, thank you. Yes, yes. Um, Emily, do you have a favorite book? My favorite book at this time would be The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. Ah, I love that book. Yeah. And there's there's one more book, though, that I think is near and dear to your heart. Which is, oh, I am an author. I am an author from Choice to that. Change. <laughs> yeah. What, what's the name of the book? From Choice to Change. From Choice to Change. I like that. Yes. Go pick it up. It's a fascinating book. It's about her journey. And I think everybody needs to to read it. It's, it's going to be a bestseller, I'm telling you, Emily, because it embodies everything that you're living and, and sharing with us today. Do you, Thank you. Emily, if you could speak to your younger self, what advice would you give you? Don't be afraid of failure. Excellent. Um, do you have a favorite song or favorite musical group? My favorite song is Holds Me Back by KB. Really? It is my go-to song. Ooh, I, got, I don't know that <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, we... That's that's an Emily song. You'll look it up. <laughs> you'll you'll see why, Mark. <laughs> Strong and powerful, Ooh. just like she is. Well, Emily, you know, again, this has been amazing. Um, you know, you're an incredible colleague, friend, professional, and I think um, I know our listeners and and Mark and I are both very excited that you're able to join us today. I think your message about uh, where things are headed is is incredibly you know, innovative and, and your, your steps ahead. And um, I just know that the business is going to take off and, and really be impactful. And Thank you. I, you have a, I, there's a lot more that you could talk about. So we might want to talk about having you back another time. Yeah. We're, we're really big into part twos lately. Yeah. yeah. So I think, I think we need an Emily Adams part two. Well, I'm listen, down for a part two. <laughs> excellent. Let's do, let's do it. So everybody, thanks for being here today on Founders Forum. And uh, we look forward to visiting with you again next week. 